0: All right, Balraj. So right now, this playoffs, we see a lot of injuries. Kyrie's out. Kawhi's out. James Harden's missed time. Chris Paul's out with COVID. You know, we see all these injuries hit. And everybody's talking about how it was the shortened season, the less off season. Is that really true? Because I know that we might have some differing opinions on this.
1: Yeah. um, LeBron actually tweeted this uh, earlier today, and he said something along the lines of, Oh yeah, like the NBA wanted us to start earlier and we didn't get the enough time to rest our bodies and I only feel like one person can only say that in the NBA and that is actually LeBron because he probably has the most treadwear like on his body but uh, he's been a great guy and he was just speaking up for everybody and I felt okay I'm like I don't think they need that much rest just because they're nba players and they don't take as much contact as the other sports do right it's mostly you the freak injuries usually just happen in basketball and it's the ankle but it got me thinking that okay now we have like it was reported that we have eight injured players or with covid Chris Paul, that we're not getting enough time where we didn't give enough uh, enough time to these players for them to recover and lebron said it again he's like nobody knows this better than i do and i agree but Nobody takes care of their body like LeBron does, so him using that excuse works totally fine with me. But other players that I've seen that are usually like injury prone, it's just like something that's nagging them, that is always happening. I don't think they can really make the case that, hey, the NBA season was shortened and we had to come back because at the end of the day, regardless of how you feel as fans, we want obviously the superstars to be healthy and playing in the NBA because that's what we live for. And it gives us a great opportunity to talk about things. But at the end of the day, the NBA had to come back at a certain time because they were competing against the other sports and and grand things of things, the nba at the end of the day is just a business so even though lebron is saying like we need this much time we should have had this but when it came time like you're we're gonna lose this much money the players were like i cool we're ready to play so there wasn't a really a stand for for, for the players because they knew at the end of the day they needed to eat they needed money because a lot of players weren't like lebron can the top tier players can afford to take time off and they come back at a regular scheduled season which they were thinking in december but players that are like 10-day contracts or players that are on the vet minimum or just not they need enough money like all obviously those players are going to be like okay i'm willing to risk injury in order to make the money so that's just my point what do you think about that
0: so here's my take on this whole injury thing and i saw lebron's tweets What i told you so uh, nobody listened to me look I think this is kind of classic passive-aggressive LeBron when the season's, you know, he's not playing, of course, and he wants to keep, I love LeBron, right? He's one of my favorite player in the game of all time, right? He's a great player, great ambassador, great everything for the game of basketball, right? Great player, all of that, right? But he has passive-aggressive tendencies where he's not playing right now, yet he wants to put his name out there to make sure he's front and center. As we talked about last week, changing his jersey number to make sure he's still relevant this week talking about the injuries in the NBA, like, all right, LeBron, we get it. It was a short and rough season. We get it. Right. <laughs> but as you mentioned before, they signed a collective bargaining agreement, right? Where if they don't, if they push the season back, they would have lost more money. Yeah. And LeBron, you're making, and what do you always talk about LeBron? You're always talking about the money, right? You're the vice president of the players association. You're not going to take less money. They had to play. This is my thing about this generation of basketball. Cause I was watching... I was watching a podcast or a video on YouTube uh, this afternoon uh, before, this, and it was Gary, Gary Payton was talking. Gary Payton was saying the reason these guys get injured all the time now is because they don't put the work in as much, right? Look, load management, taking days off. They don't practice as much. Gary Payton said when he was playing, he was guarding guys three inches bigger than him, but 40 pounds heavier than him, and he was in the weight room three to four times, three to four hours a day after practice to build his body up. Yeah. These guys right now, they don't, yes, they might, they work hard, but they don't condition their bodies or play the 80 games, 80 plus games needed to make sure that their bodies can sustain the playoffs, the regular season. Then they get injured all the time, right? Like yeah. look at Kawhi. Yes, it might be an ACL injury, which could be a freak, but even a guy like Anthony Davis, right? He plays five games, takes a game off. Joel Embiid plays like six, seven games in a row, needs to take three, four games off because of load management, because of injuries. These guys' bodies are not conditioned anymore to play long stretches, and I think that's the problem because they baby themselves so much now, right? And the whole thing where the you know Kawhi brought in load management, everybody thought load managing, you know, save your stars for the super for the playoffs. Well, if they're not playing the regular season, they're getting injured in the playoffs now, which doesn't make any sense. That totally contradicts everything, right? Yeah. And in my opinion, I think <clears> we need to get back to those. Yes, it's old school, but the, one of the things we loved about the guys we grew up watching, the Kobe's. The Kevin Garnett's, you know, the Steve, Steve Nash's, the, the, all OGs. Yeah. the OGs, right? What did they do? They played every single night, yeah. right? And there's another thing. And speaking of their OG, I saw Rasheed Wallace. He was on, I saw some video on Twitter, right? And yeah. they're asking him to players in this generation now, how would they fare in the previous generation? Yeah. Which I, was a generation that I fell in love with basketball with. Well, yeah. so he said Steph would be soft because Steph, they could get up on him. They could hand check yeah. him. Yeah. Draymond Green, too small. LeBron, they gave LeBron respect. So LeBron did kind of cross over that generation as well, where yeah. he was a beast. He would have been a beast. But even they said Kevin Durant too. He was too slender. They would have worked up on his body, right? Yeah. Back then, it was so much more physical. These guys had to train and keep their bodies well conditioned conditions so they could last that long haul. Right yeah. now, it's so baby in the league where these guys are getting hurt all the time and they're barely playing.
1: Agreed. I agree with everything you said. And again, uh, going back to the Gary Payton point, is that... I feel like positions going back in time maybe like 10 20 years again like gary payton knew at the end of the day he might get matched up on a center or he might get matched up on somebody that's a little bit bigger than him so they they were kind of used to that guys that are coming up in the nba now or in today's nba they have like certified roles right for for example we talked about on one of our podcasts that Giannis wasn't taking the challenge of guarding uh kevin durant right and you ask any guy from the era of 2000 or before any of those guys are elite defenders and if they were the best defender on the team and if they had one defensive player of the year in that year and they did not take the challenge of guarding the best player on the planet at the time we everybody will lose respect on his team and his peers around him right just yeah. touching back. what you said it's an era that's a lot more softer and people are a lot more sensitive. So again like the way you said it is the most raw truth of how somebody should say it to the players but again we're in an era where everybody is so sensitive that you what you just said a lot of players might take it the wrong way and be like oh this guy doesn't know what he's talking about because oh he's not in this but it's an og is going to appreciate that because again they know what you're talking about and these younger the younger this. Generation is just sensitive to begin with, man. Like nobody likes to be criticized. It's a it's a societal thing, right? Where yeah. like
0: you step on somebody like that and you're like, oh, like you're being you're a hater, you're a hater, yeah. you're a hater. Like everybody calls. I remember when uh Shaq says something about Donovan Mitchell, right? Everybody called him a hater, or everybody calls Shaq Charles Barkley, because haters because they come from an old generation, right? Yeah. But yeah, then again, if you look at it, that's when basketball is kind of at its best point, right? A lot yeah. of people say This this basketball now is amazing with all the three-point shooting and everything like that. But I was kind of thinking like before, like, you know, having games like one. I don't know. I was one time I was bored. I was watching the Indiana Pacers versus the Detroit Pistons in like 2003. There were games that were 75, like 72, (laughs) right? Yeah. Games were 75, 72. That's a halftime score now in the NBA. But it was a defensive matchup and there was no zone defense. It was man on man. You, I take you, you take me, you... If you get by me, you got the best of me, be, but you better, you best believe that I'm going to come at you the next time. It's like that one clip on this one, one set sequence between Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady. Yeah. Tracy McGrady got Kobe on like a half, half ball, uh, half spin and then hit a fadeaway over Kobe. Kobe yeah. took the ball right down the court, did not pass the ball, went right at T-Mac and dunked it on him. that's what the old generation is and that's what i love about basketball that one-on-one matchup where i'm gonna get the better of you you don't see that anymore in the game and that's why i was so upset about Giannis because you just signed the biggest contract in nba history you are a two-time MVP. you're supposed to be a top five player you're basically the same size as kevin durant you're bigger than kevin durant you're just as mobile as kevin durant you should take on that challenge don't shy away. Don't let a smaller, chunkier PJ Tucker go after him, right? Yeah. You are supposed to be the guy. You are supposed to take that challenge, right? Go take him.
1: Yeah, agree. 100% agreed with what you just said. I, just I, th- th- like- I
0: think that that's what basketball needs to get back to. You need to get back to that generation where you want to you kill the guy next to you. Not like necessarily kill, but you want to get the better of him, right? Yeah, I agree. What did we love last year with the playoffs? We saw Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray going at each other back and forth that game in between the within the game you don't see that anymore
1: right that's what makes this game so great i agree yeah you can make a case that like players now are a little bit more worried about their social status and like their endorsement deals and the stuff they're getting outside of the court but on the court it's just like yeah we're friendly like i know him what's up like yeah it's cool without we're battling but it's not that like that Kobe, Ron Artest, in your face type of stuff. And that's what we like. But again, maybe we just had to adapt to the new generation of basketball. And that's actually right. Yeah. So yeah, we can't really be out here. The O.D. had to be like, yo, we need you to do that. <laughs> but then
0: again, like if I'm a guy like Donovan Mitchell, I come out to play for game five tonight. Yeah. I saw yesterday the all NBA teams come out. I was yeah. on. The, I was the best player on the best team in the NBA in the regular season. I didn't make one team at all. I lost $33 million because of that. Jason Tatum too. Jason Tatum knows he's one of the top 15 best players in this league. And to not get voted for that, I would be absolutely livid. And if I'm Donovan Mitchell tonight, I go out there and I prove a
1: point that I'm worth all of that. Agreed. 100%. And quickly just finish up on this. Uh, I honestly feel, and I think you might feel the same way, the all NBA team should not be based on position just have the best players that played that year well i think right now was a front court back court and then centers separate right yeah like it doesn't make sense because we've already seen that basketball is changing it's position everybody it's yeah, positionless so uh, the center is like not relevant anymore the only guy that is like rudy Gobert and like joel and b like there's not traditional eh, jokic too
0: anymore. well jokic is a center but he plays it like a point center.
1: Yeah, like, the traditional center doesn't really exist anymore. I would even say the power forward isn't really traditional anymore. So, we should, like, instead of basing it off, like, freaking 50 years ago where the All-NBA team was, like, that's what positions were. But now, like, we should, we need to revamp that because a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's, like, the Utah Jazz to begin with have been, like, no respect at all because LeBron started at the All-Star game. Like, who you, whoever chooses the Utah, like... Bruh, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, like it's like, what do I got to do? And this is why players leave smaller markets for bigger teams because they don't get the same recognition at a smaller market. Whose fault is that? Is that our fault? Is that the media's fault? Because we don't give them enough attention. So that way, the players are always saying, why am I going to stay in Utah? Even though the fan base is amazing when I can make more money and I can go to L.A. and get more players to play with me. Exactly like it's it's flawed by the media narrative and stuff like that. But, like I
0: said, I think it's positionless a game now. So, you got to figure out a way to make this all NBA team a bit different. Yeah. Um, I think it's the games evolve, the games change, and it's time for everybody else to readjust to that as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's just ask the people out there what do you guys think? Do you think we should keep it traditional and how the and all NBA teams evaluate it? Or do, since basketball is changing, should we be like it's only the best players that deserve to be on this list in that year also
0: i want to hear what everybody's favorite generation of the nba is because mine is the early 2000s best generation of basketball ever played that's just me
1: yeah i i mean i i i I would have to think about it because uh 2000s were great but i don't want to miss on the 2010s because the 2010s were really good too and we're still in it but I mean, I'd have to think about it, but it'd be great to hear from what everybody else is up there